At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages, things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, log on and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everybody, welcome to the MVM show for another episode. This will be episode number four. I appreciate everybody that's joined in, tuned in to listening I'm super pumped and excited today to have a special guest, Chris Aiken. Um, guys, I'm, I'm super happy that he was able to come on, and I appreciate you, Chris, for coming on here and being with us today on this podcast. No problem. So what uh, we want to start off, I'd like to, if we can, just get um, a background history. I want to get right into it and waste no time yakking, but um, I want to let him do all the talking. Could you just kind of give us a background of your history and kind of before dog training and when you started doing that and kind of how you started doing it professionally? Well, sure, sure. I've been doing it for almost 30 years now uh, for the public, and I kind of got into it in a very accidental way. Uh, you know, I, I actually uh, lived here in Jonesboro, and, of course, we're in duck hunting country. I mean, we, we're, we're right smack dab in the middle of Black River, White River, Cash River, Langeo River. I mean, all the duck rivers were right here in the middle of it. <clears throat> big rice ground, uh, lots of big rice farms here and beans and just, just a, a duck mecca. You know, we're, uh, you know, everybody hears about Stuttgart and kind of the duck half of the world. We're just north of it about 100 miles. So they got to come through us to get to them. And so we're just, we're really blessed in the in the duck hunting world. And so I grew up um, duck hunting here like everybody else does. And, and, you know, the dog deal became a, a natural natural thing to want as a duck hunter. And because uh, we're hunting these rice fields a lot, and it's a lot of work to walk out there and get your ducks, not to mention a, a time time dilemma, uh, getting out there and getting the birds and getting back and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And so uh, when I was a kid, uh, we started, you know, with, with what we call meat dogs. And, you know, they used to be a very, very popular term that we don't even hardly hear anymore, but a, a meat dog was – basic dog it would sit in a pit and and when you shot it would take off like a like a rocket and go get the duck and bring it back and not eat it and man that's about all they knew to do and about all we really thought there was to do with a dog and, 
and you know so that's what we had growing up and so when i was a kid uh graduated high school and uh whenever i graduated i went to work for a aluminum window company and out of memphis and they uh they put me on the road calling on mom and pop lumber companies well all lumber companies were mom and pop back then you didn't have all the big ones that we have today and so i went in each one of them every day and visit with the people and so when I was just a kid, you know, I was 19, 20 years old doing that and kind of a, kind of out of sorts really for what most people were in their 50s, 60s, 70s that did that. And, and so um, while I was doing it, I was trying to befriend all those guys and didn't really have a really good way to do it because everybody was older than me. So I started carrying my dog with me uh, in all the lumber companies and man, that, that just drew a crowd. You know, I mean, you got the, you got the girl behind the counter and the bookkeeper and the manager and the the owner and everybody involved in it because you had a dog and everybody just was real attracted to the dog. So I used that as a sales tool and it really worked well for me. And uh, through, through the years, uh, a lot of people came to me and said, hey, you know, man, you've done a great job training that dog. Would you train me one? And I just, I trained one guy one and sent it home and he had two buddies and they, they wanted one just like it and trained them two dogs and so on and so on. There wasn't a whole lot of expectations back then like there is today. As far as the, the level of training, it was pretty easy to, to roll through them. And I trained a lot of dogs like that. And one day I just looked up and had way more people than, than I could say Grace over wanted me to train their dog. And so I quit the job that I had and went full-time training dogs, and which is kind of an odd thing to say. But anyway, I've been doing it ever since. And wow. uh, like I said, I've been doing that for 30 years. So wow. it's been, been really good to us and, and allowed us to, to live the lifestyle that we want to live through getting a duck hunt all winter and, and uh, you know, working all year and being around duck hunting day in, day out with everybody, you know. So I've been a, a very uh, fascinating career and, and uh, been a lot of fun meeting all the people I get to meet and, and be with every day, you know. So great time. Wow, I bet. Yeah, I, I don't – that seems to be, be hard to call that a job almost. <laughs> well, you're right. You're exactly right. They say if you – doing what you love every day you never worked a day in your life and and you know it's like anything else i mean we we work to the the size that we are now and you know and have been for a long time that it's uh, we're not just working with just one or two dogs i mean we're keeping a minimum of 65 dogs at a time and so you know we're just not out here in the yard playing with the dogs we got a lot to do and we got a lot of employees and a lot of you know it's this job is it's, it's as easy as it is, and it's so simple to train a dog, and it's so simple to do it, but it's very time-consuming, and it's a labor of love. I mean, everything you do just takes a lot of time and takes you being there. And, right. uh, and then, you know, all the, 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 all the jobs go along with it, from, you know, ground maintenance to kennel maintenance to wrenching and feeding and watering dogs and health care for the dogs. I mean, it's just a million different jobs, and, you know, I'm responsible for every one of them for every dog. And so, uh, you know, it's a lot of dogs and, you know, just like with people, you know, they're all their health's different and their needs are different. And yeah. Their wants and desires are different than you add the owners to it. And, and then, uh, you know, sometimes it can get a little bit, you know, a little bit texting for us. And, and uh, but it's, uh, you know, we've been able somehow to manage it now for 30 years. And, you know, we've run a lot of hunt tests and, uh, you know, we've done that. We've, we've titled a lot of dogs for people. And, and so we're pretty big in the breeding program too. And so we sell a lot of puppies and train dogs and we do that. And, uh, you know, so we've got all those people, uh, you know, with us too. So, uh, you know, it's a, it's a very time consuming job. 
Wow, yeah, I can only imagine. How now? Is yeah. there a big waiting list, like as far as to get in there? If you're holding sixty five sure, dogs, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. We we uh, we take a deposit to hold people a spot uh, to check their dogs in, and then we kind of we have a big rotation going on. Like we had three dogs go home since this time last week, and I had three come in yesterday. And you know, just as one goes home, one comes in, and and uh, you know, we just we kind of it somehow kind of works itself out all the time, but. And, uh, you know, so it's just a, a big rotation of dogs. I mean, we had we just finished up the, the HRC Grand, and so those, we had a couple dogs got their grand titles, and one wow. of them was here to get an extra grand pass, and they did that, and then, so they went home as soon as the grand was over, opened me up some spots, and we had, th- we had three new dogs come in. One was a started dog, and one was, or two of them needed a couple more passes to get their master title, so they came back in for me to finish that up this spring it's just you know every 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 deal is different you know everybody has a different need and, and different desire and we just try to fill it the best we can well now i i don't i want to save the q a for towards the end but i i am curious do you see a big difference in the relationship with your dog versus like training it and giving it to someone else i mean would you see it kind of a big difference on the relationship there or does it seem to not well, really there, have an there effect can, there definitely can be for sure and and the deal is, is if, anything is, if, you, if you build let's just say anything you build let's say you build your house or you build a, a, a whatever it's whatever you want whether it's a, something small or something big you build a you build a hot rod car you build a house you build a duck line you're going to know where all the weak places are and you're going to know all the imperfections that are there and the things to watch for. And, you know, you got that old hot rod, you know, that, you know, that rear end's not real stout, so you don't need to just stomp it off the line all the time and blow the whole rear end out of it, where if somebody just purchases that car, they don't know how that thing's put together or, you know, how much trouble this was or that was. And so you don't have that same, that's the same knowledge. So what people have to do when they get home is they've got to spend some time with the dog. Of course, we, we let them know where the, the strengths and weaknesses of each dog are. But, you know, until they get home and experience some of that and try to work through it uh, themselves and learn about it, then, uh, you know, they'll have that same relationship that we have, if not better. Because a lot of times I kind of think we're the bad guy sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. we're the ones that are demanding all the results. And we have a lot of steps to go through in dog training, especially if we do the advanced stuff. And let us be the bad guy, and then when that dog goes home, those people are the good guy, and man, that dog will walk his butt off of them, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and do everything it can for them. And so we play good cop, bad cop, and it really works well, uh, you know, like I say, especially on the advanced stuff. But, but you know, dogs are no different than children. And, and what I tell people all the time when I was growing up, my mom would say, Chris, go clean your room. Chris, go clean your room. Chris, I'm telling you, you better clean your room. Chris, I'm going to call your dad if you don't go clean your room. And, you know, he, she, she was just, she wasn't going to do anything. And then my dad would come home. He said, Chris, go clean your room. And I, I flew down the hall and to clean my room because I knew if I didn't, you know, he's going to get the old leather belt off and said yeah. Jim on the back. Yeah. And, you know, it's going to be a memorable moment, you know. Yeah. And, and dogs are the same way. And so where a lot of people do lack with their dogs when they get them home, we're making them do all this stuff. And, and you know, with a dog, most people don't have – that level of knowledge on the advanced stuff and so they don't know where all the bells and whistles are the, mm. the power one and power locks or the four-wheel drive and you know how important all that is in your vehicle well a lot of these dogs have all those buttons but the owners don't know how to get to them because i mean let's face it we're very limited most people are so limited today how much time they can spend out here with their dogs yeah. and so sometimes they don't get to learn 
the, the, the true value of the dog that they have is because they're limited for what I call pilot lessons of how to run the dog and when to do it. And we, we've been, we've seen that a million times through the years, but, you know, we train them to the best of our ability and we, we encourage them to learn how to as well. And a lot of them do. A lot of them do. A lot of them run dogs and test themselves. And a lot of them, you know, they're very avid trainers. And, um, and we've got, I mean, we train dogs for people that are trainers. You know, so mm. we we have a lot of different knowledge levels uh, for people that, you know, uh, uh, that are out there. And so, uh, you know, not everybody's a novice that we train for. We train for a lot of advanced people that are, you know, they want to play the grand. They want to play the national. Uh, some people even run field trials. And we train for them to, to take the dog and continue going with it. You know, we just get all the hard work done. And then they can, you know, build upon it and add the experience and the, mm-hmm. and the time and and the pilot's work, you know? Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, that's, I'm going to, uh, you were saying that about the training, the everyday thing and versus like me, you know, we're, you know, that's not my job to train. So it's like, I do, I, uh, the thing is I've watched your videos so many times cause I have the one, two and three and I haven't even touched three yet, but, uh, I went through one, I don't know how many times and, uh, my black lab that he's a year and five months. He did come from day one all the way till the end of duck season. I think he was nine months old when duck season opened or something like maybe eight months compared to the, and I've kept a video log course of everything. And then towards the last day of season, I couldn't believe, but uh, just watching it. It's funny though, because the, I have slow months cause I'm seasonal work. I'm a, in the ag in- industry. And I would spend like every day and you could see when I was with them every single day, unbelievable how fast I was like, if I could train him every day like this, how much faster he would be ahead versus, okay, now I'm real busy with work and I'm training him once a week. And then, and I was doing just like you said, like you've done before is be out at 10 o'clock at night under the street lamp in the street, doing the best I could, you know, work with them. That's just what I had to do. So, but I can only imagine if you have all the time in the world to do it. Well, you know, and here's the deal. You're good at what you practice. You know, I tell people all the time, I don't care if you're hitting golf balls or you're shooting trap or you're, you know, you're out there hitting baseballs or, you know, playing tennis. I mean, you're good at what you practice. But what's amazing is I don't see the growth in humans like I do in dogs. And what I mean by that is if you go out and hit a shag bag full of balls for play golf, you may or may not get a, a fraction better. But you, every day you work, especially a young dog like what you've got, man, every day is mental growth. Every day. I mean, you can watch that dog, that light's on top of his head, if you mm-hmm. know what I mean. Mm-hmm. And that dude's glowing every day. Now, as you get into the advanced stuff, sometimes that light will get dim and some days it'll get bright. I watched today, I've, I've been running a big water setup today. And, uh, man, I've watched some young dogs that really didn't think were all that good at dogs. I mean, they showed me a lot today. And then some of the advanced dogs, because I expect so much out of them, mm. they make a mistake. It actually almost just, you know, gets, just under, gets under my skin, if you right. know what I mean. Because, right. like, dude, you're supposed you know, you and yet, know this. the young dog, yeah, you should do this right every time. And yet, yet the young dog didn't do it half as good as he did. But I was, I was amazed by the young dog, and I was disappointed by the old dog. But, you know, it's it's because, you know, we're, we're growing with those young dogs. And that's where it's fun, man. These, these advanced dogs, which is what I train most time, man, they're, they're, they're kind of mentally up and down, no different than a baseball player on hitting. You know, you watch these guys go in slumps of hitting and then doing things. It's the same way my dogs are. They go up and down a peak and valley with their kind. It's all mental. 
and you just got to keep that dog hitting on every cylinder. But it's a, it's a, it's crazy to watch the growth of young dogs, especially like puppies. Like I've got three puppies at home right now that are like seven, eight weeks old. And, um, and man, you know, we're going to start getting those dogs in the water right now. We're going to get them, you know, retrieving tennis balls and on birds. And every day is like this enormous, huge day with them. I mean, it's just, it's mind-blowing to them, you know, and how much growth we can get and how much encouragement we can give them and turn them and mold them into what we want. You know, dogs, we train duck dogs, and I've trained everything from drug dogs to bomb dogs to deer dogs. I've trained them all, shed dogs. I've done all that stuff. Yeah. You know, none of these dogs know what they are. They don't know they're a shed dog. They don't know they're a bomb dog. They don't know they're a duck dog. Or they don't know they're a trial dog. They have no idea. All they're trying to do is just please us with our direction and in and our encouragement and where they're at. And we turn them into all these, you know, bomb finding, drug finding, duck finding, shed finding, whatever they are. All they're trying to do is just please us. So we just got to get out there and figure out a way to communicate with them. And that's the whole deal about the videos is just showing an average guy that doesn't know a whole lot about it, a way to communicate with his dog to get to the end, you know? Yeah. And, and, and that, that's not a, those videos weren't intended to, to run as a, as for, for field trialers or for, for competitive, uh, big time competitive people. But it's, it's, but it is at the same time, because all the basics are real similar to the same thing. The deal is, but especially for the guy that's wants a pet companion duck dog, uh, which is what 99% of the people that come to me want. Hmm. And that's what those videos were designed to do. And I mean, hmm. that's, and that's you, you know what I mean? You want a buddy and a pal and a dog, yep. dog you know, and that's what nice work for you. And it works for a lot of people. We've had a lot of success with that video, but I'm sure we'll continue to. And, but it's, it's been a, it's been a big hit, you know, and that, uh, and what's amazing, I, those videos, I did those things 10, 12 years ago, but we do it exactly the same way today hmm. on every dog. Well, I, you've already said several statements already that I've heard you say, you know, in those videos, and I've heard I've heard it a hundred times because I've watched it a hundred times. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. and I and I can tell you right now, I, you know, with the U, the YouTube channel that I have, it's mainly duck hunting is like the biggest part of it, and then you got a bunch of other faucets facets of it, but the duck hunting's a big thing, and I kind of was accidentally just not accidentally, but I started recording uh, my dog Rocky from the time I got him um six and a half weeks or whatever and just really did videos and just threw them up on youtube and uh just told i actually what happened um bob owens i don't you i'm sure you know who oh, he yeah. is probably oh, okay yeah. from lone oh, duck yeah. what happened yeah. was is i seen one of his videos because now i'm researching trying to figure out okay what am i going to use and i didn't plan on training them really like in detail as i end up doing following your program but then I was like, man, what? I seen his videos first, and he actually referred me to you. He's like, you need to go check out Duck Dog Basics 1. He goes, go get that. And so I was, went right away on Amazon, told him thank you, you know, for his time. I went and ordered off Amazon, bought it, and just started right away. And it was just, like, addicting to, like, every step. And I was like, okay, I'm going to finish disc one, and then that's it. I'm not doing no more. And now here I am in land tees and getting ready to start water tees and all that. And it's like I can't find myself stopping, even thinking about even doing some hunt tests or something. You know, it's like – but Oh, it's, all a, these... it's a very addictive sport, man. It's a very oh. addictive to watch something get better every day and know that you did that. You know what I mean? Yeah. Know that you made it better and you helped that dog. And so it, it is. It's a, I did it, man. I mean, you're, you're exactly the way I did it. I mean, 
uh, I got a book one time when I first started. I had a book given to me by Robert Milner. It's called Retriever Training for the Duck Hunter, and and that book was then 30 some years ago and and i went i mean i literally put my initials i've still got the same book in my desk drawer today hmm. i put every initial beside every lesson it was like lesson i would literally be in the yard have the book in one hand and leash in the other because i wasn't smart enough to remember the lesson and i was like, what I, exactly what i was supposed to do and i want to do it by the book and i trained my first dog through that book and man it i mean it worked and we do things a lot different than that book does today and not because that book doesn't work. Uh, it does. It's just there's some things that we kind of like anything else we, we've added and taken away from mm-hmm. it to what we think is the, for the average everyday Joe's dog. You know what I mean? Uh, right. And some of, these, some of these old books and some of these old videos, like the old water dogs, but that is for a type A personality dog. <clears throat> I mean, a, a certain <clears throat> a Pacific dog, and uh-huh. there's just not many of those out there. Yeah. You know, so the video, the video was made for a wide spectrum of dogs, and and because that's what we have. I mean, man, with big dogs we have, we've got them all the way from you know to you know little bitty, uh, very weak dogs to very headstrong, high rolling dogs, and you got to have something that works for all of them. You know, so yeah, and 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 I, not to just sit. I'm not. You know, kissing up because you're on here, but I mean, I don't. You probably don't even know just the way you know internet technology, uh, YouTube, social media is. You probably have no clue how far out you know that stuff. Those DVDs have actually reached because I've I've had numerous numerous people comment on the videos and say I bought it. Thank you. You know, they're telling me thank you, but I'm like, man, I just referred you to someone else. But (laughs) they're just like, man, thank you so much. My dog's, you know, eight months old now and he's awesome duck dog. And this is like, hey man, I'm just passing on information. But it's pretty cool. I mean, for you know, you make some I mean to me your your system I know there's a lot of good dog trainers out there. You know, I know I know and you know that too. So I'm not saying you're the only one. It's just that happened to be the one I stumbled on, and it's just worked so well for me. It's just well, like, you know. I think that's the that's the whole deal, man. It's just it's picking. It. I tell everybody, here's the thing with dog trainers and, and methods of dog training. Here in Jonesboro, where I live, there, there's several different highways that come to town. There's 63 North, there's 63 South, there's 49 North, there's 49 South, there's Highway One South. You know, there's 141 North. All these come to the same town. And we all end up in the same place, although we started from somewhere else, but we all end up in the same place. And a lot of the dog training methods that are out there, when I hear them, I'm like, man, I can't even imagine that work. I cannot imagine that being a good thing. Mm. But I see their dogs, and I know it is. You know, and we've added a few tools, and, added, you know, we've, we've added a few things that I've heard through the years. But for the most part, man, I'm still doing the same thing I did 25 years ago. And all my methods, except for one particular thing advance-wise, uh, which we call the nine-point, uh, the everything else I just made up as I went. And it's all from trial and error. And, uh, and everything else we just we just did out of did by the seat of our pants. And then but now, uh, the, the five-point and the nine-point, which is basically a, a lining and handling drill, one of the greatest drills and I, I, I love to, I still to this day love to do it and love to teach it and love to see what I can turn a dog into on that thing and, and uh, I was actually taught that by a good friend of mine Chris Scott and uh, he's a dog trainer as well and we've been friends for 
30 plus years. He was the best man in my wedding and all that. He, mm. he, you know, a great friend of mine and great dog trainer. And he, he talked that to me on the hood of my truck one night and, uh, at a hunt test. And he was explaining it to me and drew it out. And, uh, I did it completely different than he did it as far as the, the prep work on it and everything. But it, but it works for the way he does it and the way I do it both. It works well. And, um, uh, but uh, besides that, everything else was just everything else I did was just trial and error. So no. you know, we, we didn't you know, back in the day, everybody went to the, the field trialers and and you know trained underneath them for two or three years and then started to kind of train on their own or doing whatever. And we just didn't have anybody around here. Back when I started, there wasn't anybody around to to learn that stuff from. And and uh, you know, so we just kind of had to do it all on our own through trial and error. Mm. Now I wanted to. We're already twenty. 20 minutes into this, but I, I wanted to jump in real quick, kind of just uh, maybe just go right over the top, not too in depth or nothing, but um, l- I guess for time's sake, let's just stick to duck dog training and not even touch the hunt test sure. probably, but sure. starting out, you know, and I I'm, I feel like I'm asking this for the listeners some more so because, I, like I said, I watched those DVDs and I feel like you really covered everything so good, but just again, okay, I'm Joe Blow. I want to. I want a duck dog. Where do I start picking a puppy, and then just roll on from there and begin the training? When you know, just as far as training well, up to the hunt day. It's all very, very all simple building blocks, really. And then I think a lot of them are make perfect sense as long as you hear them out loud. But you know, the puppy deal today's world is is so much better than it was thirty years ago, just because of the power of the internet. And man, it's easy to find a great puppy uh today i mean man, you get you always want to get dogs with titles and everybody says man i don't need no field trial dog i don't care nothing about no field trial care nothing about no ribbons well you may not i said but i'll promise you <laughs> uh, yeah everybody does Every, all of us have done it but the deal is you do care about that their mother and father prove their self in in the hunt test or the field trial or mainly the hunt test world. i'm not as crazy about field trial dogs in today's world because they almost have too much energy you know not not everybody needs to go deer hunting with a with a seven mag. You know what I mean? It's just mm-hmm. almost too much for for a lot of people. That's kind of like a lot of, of the field trial dogs. They're what they're expected to do today. You have to have such a a high rolling, high end dog that they don't always make the best dogs for the amateur. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So the hunt test dogs are what I like the best, and and hunt test dogs, or they all go back to the family pet companion duck dog that they're actually don't want to let duck season in so they're 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 actually you know attending hunt tests in the spring and in the fall and then depending on where you live even in the summer and and continuing that dog's education because people want to be around dogs and dog people and duck hunters and and you know just duck duck people you know what mm-hmm. i mean so that's mm-hmm. why they could you know but the great thing is is you learn a lot about that dog being told how far up the ladder he can go whether it be a, a junior hunter a senior hunter a master hunter. and you know all that stuff and they they actually learn about how far you can get that dog and the ability of that dog so now all of a sudden you learn about memory and you learn about trainability you learn about physical we learn about how what i call the bottom end how much you can actually train absolutely train that dog to do and just because you've got a, a dog that's a junior hunter that's a great dog and you know he'll retrieve land and water birds and bumpers go get lawnmowers he's not scared of the gun he's not scared of birds but man there's so much more to a dog than that you know man senior dogs they got to be able to run blinds and they got to be able to handle them 
do memory birds. They got to be steady to shot and do multiples, and they got to honor other dogs. And there's just so much more to it. You go to masters, it's that much harder. And the same thing when we we have HRC out here. You know, we run the UKC side of it where we have, you know, started, seasoned, and then finished. And the same deals, it just gets dramatically harder, each one of them, and then they have the grand. So if you, you know, you come to me and you want to buy a puppy, uh, we're going to have a dog that has a grand title uh, as a sire. He's probably going to have a master title. Uh, he cannot possibly be AKC Hall of Fame dog or even qualified all age, which is a field trial title. And like the dog's laying here at my feet right now, he's got all those titles. Mm. And that's also my everyday pet companion dog. And he's also my everyday duck dog. And mm. so that dog rides in the backseat of the Jeep where I go. Yep. He, he rides everywhere during, with me every day year round year round no matter what i'm doing he's with me and then that same dog duck hunts with me every day and then on the weekends he competes in, in you know in the hunt test and field trials and, and has a, a heck of a record you know and uh so you can have it all in one dog but i think you know mainly i start with the hunt test dogs because they prove that they're calm enough in the house and have enough drive in the field and uh, and then, you know, we haven't even talked about the health. You know, all those dogs have been tested with their hips and their elbows and their shoulders and their eyes. And they got this test called EIC and CNM. They got all these tests that make sure that not only are you going to spend money on something, but that you're going to have a, a really good shot at a genetically healthy puppy. And so, you know, me and buy a puppy out here, I don't know about where you're at, but here, you know, there's puppies that sell for six, dollars $700. And they don't know the first thing about them. The dog's never done one freaking thing. Right. And then you can come up here and buy a hunt test puppy and you can spend anywhere from $1,200 to $1,500 and everything's known and everything's laying right there on the surface. Well, let me ask you real and, quick, uh, Chris. Sorry to break in here. No problem. Like for you guys, because I've it's so funny. All this stuff you're saying is just like lessons learned. People listening right now may be like, "Yeah, you're crazy. I ain't paying fifteen hundred dollars for a dog or whatever." But it's Ooh, like now that I oh I know oh I know I don't even think yeah. of that as being a high price now. Yeah. But I'm just saying yeah. what I'm saying is is now that I see it and the, the drive and all and the companionship and all that. Now I'm like, okay, now that price isn't even what it was before. So let me ask you, like. If I was to come just to, and I don't know if you do this or not, but if I want to just buy a puppy from you, you know, seven weeks old or whatever um, <laughs> that you have for sale, what, what do you what do you run? And I mean, is it different depending Man, on the we, parents? We got like I've got three black female puppies right now for sale out of one litter, and they're twelve fifty. You know, and I'm gonna give you some scenarios here so that you'll kind of understand. Okay. The the daddy dog was a grand champion master hunter, qualified all age, and AKC Hall of Fame. The mother is a hunt retriever champion, senior hunter, okay? And, and that's a great duck dog level. And she's also a family pet companion. Uh, she's owned by a great friend of mine. Got a decent pedigree, pretty good pedigree. Matter of fact, it's not a $1,250 puppy. Now, let's fast forward. I have another one. I've got two black males out of the uh, same sire, different mother. The mother's extremely well-bred. She's a grand champion master hunter and very well-known around here because she, she got her grand title as a two-year-old and just always just a, just a consistent player and always a great dog. And uh, and so she's well-known. Those puppies are selling for $2,500. Mm-hmm. And, and they're the same age, and they got the same daddy. They just have different mothers. And, you know, the, the market uh, has, has, you know, is there for that grand-grand breeding. So, you know, they're going to – they're going to sell, and, and so, you know, we have everything in between. I've got another litter. Mother dog's a grand champion master hunter named Jill, one of the finest marking dogs ever petted, extremely well-bred. Daddy dog's a dog named Joe, who I still have on my truck today, and he's a hunt retriever champion, 
master hunter and has one grand pass and he'll be a grand champion too and he's selling those puppies for two thousand and uh you know and those are big numbers i mean those are huge numbers to yeah. me and that's huge numbers to the, the average guy but with the dog but here's the deal all those dogs are very well proven in what they can be they're very well proven on their trainability they're very well trained on their health and and you know you're getting you're not not getting some puppy that you know you see say laying out in the backyard chewing up the the garden hose, you know, these are dogs right. that are family pet companion duck dogs, and I've had a, a tens of thousands of dollars spent on them to prove it. You know right, what I mean? Right. And um, but here's the deal: we we like selling those puppies because we like getting them back for training because it makes our life so much easier. Uh, these are dogs that just do things by accident more than you could ever train a dog that doesn't have that kind of background wow. uh, to do. Now, I'm here's the deal: as I say that, I've had dogs in here that you know it was Bubba and Susie got bred and two, two guys down the street huh. and they bring the dog and it turns out to be a good dog I'm not saying that can't happen right. Lord, I know I've had happen but the, it's a it's an oddity not mm-hmm. a common practice mm-hmm. yeah. you know so that's well, where we're at on that yeah and you know what though you saying those 2,500 I actually thought it would be a little more than that to be honest with you because no. I am in California, so and I'm yeah, yeah. and I'm yeah I'm Central Valley though. Luckily, I'm in the Ag Valley. Where believe it or not, everyone's conservative yeah. here. But I'm a good stone throw away yeah. from the very very liberal people. But I'll tell you this: you can sell a lab that has, like you said, nobody knows it from Joe Blow. You don't know about the medical history. You don't know about the background. Like you said, it could be Bubba from next door, yeah. and people are paying sixteen hundred bucks all day long just for just for a lap puppy because he's cute. And he's going to sit in the backyard, like you said, and chew up your flip-flops. So it's like, to yeah, me, yeah. I mean, I know different parts of the country is different, but it's just like, to ha- now to know that, like you said, they're going to do things on accident that a normal dog wouldn't do, it's yeah. just like, Man, not even a question. It's so much easier to train. And here's the deal, if you know, if you know in your mind you have something that's special when you start, you'll make it into something special you know mm-hmm. and, and then that's the way a lot of these puppies are we have high expectations from them and most of them don't let us down and and we love to train well-bred puppies because it just makes our life so much easier what's the so waiting list easier. like chris uh, like as far as to get a puppy from you guys is it real bad or? man we sell we sell so many puppies that we usually don't have a waiting list we, oh. we literally sell tons of puppies we probably sell 20 to 30 a month and you know and so we've always got them coming you know here's oh, cool. what we do for our clients a lot of our clients will have a nice female and you know we train it for them and we put the titles on there we get done and once we get done we'll, you know they'll come to us and man we're really we'd like to have a puppy out of our dog you know for we don't want we want to keep this line going in our yeah. house and for our family and uh, you know my son's one of them and my neighbor down the street's one of them so, so who do we need to breed to and then we'll breed to one of our dogs and then we'll help them sell some of their puppies we don't actually sell puppies like we don't actually raise puppies here at the kennel we don't actually have you know girls that's their only job that's not what we do in the least mm-hmm. i cannot stand that mm-hmm. uh, well, these are dogs that are just like your dog okay say so you want a female and, and we're going to help you and assist you for you to keep that dog that you want and then we're going to help sell the rest of the puppies for you which brings us a lot of good bred puppies that are health you know very easy on health very easy to train and uh rush back in for training which is our goal you know and, mm-hmm. and we sell dogs all over the country we, we just we just had one flown here from california just, just about two weeks ago 
and we've got them from all over. We send them all over. Uh, we constantly, you know, putting them on airplanes and shipping them out. We got drivers that just drive them all over the country for us. We got one going to Colorado next week, one going to Louisiana next week. We got them going all over. So, you know, it's um, we we uh, we kind of spread the wealth on the good bred puppies. Hmm. Do you do you, are your most of your labs uh, mixed with American and English, or is it mainly American? I'm not a I'm not a huge fan of the British dogs. Uh-huh. That look, I, I, me saying that. There's a lot of great ones out there. I've even got some here right now. And with me saying that, to this date, and the Grand's kind of our our, our our pinnacle of dogs. The Grand Champions are the biggest deals, and you know for UKC. And to this day, there's there's only three Grand Champion British dogs that I'm aware of that are out there to this day. The wow. dogs, the English dogs, are the main Grand Champions. And there's almost 500 Grand Champions total. Well, I trained two of those myself, two of the three. So, you know, I'm not telling you that I don't like to train them. I just, it's a lot easier for me to get results out of American bred dogs than his British. British dogs are a wonderful, wonderful dog for the average guy to have at home for a pet companion duck dog. They're usually a little bit less uh, motivated. Uh, yes, that's a great <laughs> word for it. You know, <laughs> I we, know we, got, we, got, we got one here right now. We've got, we got a lady and we've got uh, a Willis here right now, two British dogs. Uh, ladies, a, a little young dog, probably eleven, nine, ten month old cracker jack, fire breathing dragon. I mean, she's completely out of the box for a British dog. We got Willis here. He is textbook British. I mean, he's a, he looks like a fire plug running across the field, and and uh, you know he does a good job, but he is straight British. And they're usually usually a little bit harder on us on the handling side of it, which is what mm. Willis is going through right now. They're just a little more headstrong. Hey, I got this. Leave me alone. I'll find it. Which blind retrieves don't have anything to do with. Leave me alone and I'll take right. care of it. You know, do what I tell you as I tell you when I tell you. So they're a little bit harder on that. But so we, we just stay with the American breeds and that's what most people like in looks and, and especially in desire. And, and you know, they're just a, a little bit more uh, independent than what a British dog is. A lot of British dogs don't even breathe unless you tell them to. <laughs> So they're not, so, uh, are you, they're not even like your Americans that you have. They they don't have a mm-hmm. drop of British in them. I mean, they're straight. No, ninety percent of them don't. Not all of them, because we have crossbred some of them. I, mm. One of the I've got a wonderful litter here right now. A guy named uh, Jim Crocker from Indiana. We bred his sure enough British dog named Sadie. Uh, Sadie was a Grand Champion Master Hunter that I trained and never failed one test in her life. Mm. And we bred her to one of my dogs named Banjo, who was a straight field trial bred dog that we bred. And, he, and Banjo was a grand champion. He was a master hunter. Uh, he passed the national one time he ever ran it. He was qualified all age, and he won the Super Retriever Series. And we crossbred those, and then we threw a litter. And out of that litter, uh, there were four puppies in it. All of them had either have grand passes or grand titles. Wow. Very, very talented litter and a wonderful litter, one of the best ones I ever had. Wow. So, you know, so for me to say, I can't lump some anything. I right. can't, oh, this is bad and all this is good because, I mean, a marriage is a, a great marriage is a great marriage, no matter what the background is. You know what I mean? So, right. Yeah. Okay. Well, I better, I, this went so much so fast. I'm just soaking this in. So, we hopefully one day I could get you on here again because it just felt like I didn't even hardly scratch the surface. But, I want to do want to get in some of the the question and answer just for a minute real quick, and then we'll try to wrap this up. It's already been about 37 minutes. But one of the questions someone had, and uh, I was curious myself because I know I have with someone that has a dog that does this. 
but is whining in the blind. What oh. can you stop that? I mean, that's just no. You, you can absolutely not stop that. And oh. Let me let me tell you something. I, I've done every day of duck season. I get twenty phone calls. Not every day, but I, I'm gonna say I get twenty calls a week. To be to be very honest with you, twenty calls a week from people all over the United States. People I've never met. Some people I have. Some people I even train for. And they say, hey, man, my dog does everything great. He's this, he's that. I mean, they brag on him for 10 minutes. You know what's coming. And they say, but he whines in a duck line. And and that's all we've done that to ourselves by breeding these dogs hot and breeding them and, and really pumping up that desire. And I guess we've almost overbred them, for lack uh-huh. of another word, to make them that way. Because that dog, that's all desire. No dog that whines is a pig. Every dog that whines is a fire-breathing dragon. And yep. that guy that's sitting that to you right now, he'll tell you, that's a great house dog, that's a great pet, it's a great training dog, it's a great everything dog, that dog goes office with me every day. But, 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 and then they start talking about just whining. And here's what I've done for whining. I've, I've got on to them with the collar. I've got on to them physically. I've got on to, I've even gone as far as we've squirted lemon juice in their mouth, Tabasco sauce in their mouth. We've done, we've done it, and even craziness we've even got a bumper painted black and just made them hold like a pacifier during the whole hunt just so they keep their mouth shut i mean wow. you know but these are the kind of stuff because because here's the deal when you got a dog that does everything you got to try whatever you know what i'm saying yeah. and, and and believe it or not my only even my own personal dog he he did it one day i was in a duck blinds by myself it was just kind of an oddity and i was in there and i was in the back of the blind i was on my phone texting somebody and and he I heard Woo! and I and never heard him do it. He was like three. It's like his third duck season. And I look out the front windows of the blind, and there's like 25 mallards landing in decoys. Okay, the greatest scene you ever want to see as a duck oh, hunter. Man. I, I, I was fixing to miss the whole thing with <laughs> that dog. So I run to the front wall, snatch up my shotgun, boom, 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 and I kill me three ducks. And I'm like, man, that was cool. And I send him, and I'm kind of laughing, you know, when I'm sending him out there. I'm like, man, that was unreal. I thought to myself. That dog is so smart. He's so incredibly intelligent that he'll start calling the shot every time, just like he did right then. Okay. Because <laughs> he knew I wasn't paying attention. That's why he did. And do you know I battled that the rest of that season? That mm-hmm. entire season, just from that one time he got away with it. Now, I did it with a collar, and then I did it. I just got a hold of him and I'd shake his mouth around and I'd kind of physically get on to him and tell him, no, no, no. And, and that man, and I had to really do that for the entire season for him to stop it. But now, if that had been somebody else's dog that wouldn't have been going to those those extremes, of course, I hunt every day, so we had a lot of opportunity to work on it. Yeah. I would have never fixed it. I, if, if somebody else had owned that dog, they'd have despised him, although he's the greatest duck dog you ever pet. Uh, you know, at that point, they would despise him because he was doing that. So, wow. so you've got to figure out, you got to be man enough or woman enough to set that shotgun down and to let your buddies do the shooting, and you get on that dog for that. And a lot of them started with a duck call. A lot of them started with just when the ducks get in there tight. A lot of them when they're hitting the water. A lot of them when they're just shooting. But you, you've got to let that dog know that that's not what you want to try to fix it. And I'm not. I'm by no means telling anybody that it's fixable. But you can curb it to the point you can tolerate it. And, and most of the times, those dogs are always such great dogs that people are willing to do whatever they got to do. So, yeah. so he just got to get in there and battle it until he, he figures it out. But uh, And I tell you, like I say, the extreme is just get you a bumper, you know, get you a black bumper or paint you one black, put that boot in his mouth as a pacifier and take it out of his mouth where you sit him on a duck. And I know <laughs> that sounds silly, but I promise you it's better than leaving him at home. You wow. know? Well, yeah, exactly. Nobody wants to leave their dog home. 
no, 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 no. Uh, yeah, okay. Well, that le- that at least gives him. So I I think the dog's kind of retired, but he said he did it the whole time, and it just. Oh, just... Hey, there's no, there's no that. They're not gonna fix themselves. They, yeah. Nothing, n- nothing about a dog is gonna fix itself when it's, it's a negative trait. You've got to fix it somehow, and you may come up with twenty different things to try, and none of them are wrong. None of them are wrong. You just gotta until you figure out which one actually works with him. You know what I mean? Yeah. So you're just gonna have to keep keep uh, keep to keep working on it until they find something that works. Cause that, that is, and look, it's getting worse. I mean, I'm telling you, man, I never even heard of that 20 years ago, and now I hear of it every day. So mm. we're, we got to be careful that we don't breed dogs that do that, and gotcha. and, and and figure out when you got to nip it in the bud. As soon as you see or hear a dog do that, you got to get you got to get a hold of it that day and fix it. Mm. And like I did fix my dog, and he doesn't do it anymore. Uh, he doesn't do it, but, but you know, it doesn't mean he doesn't have it in the back of his mind every time they start coming in a temper, start backpedaling. You know he's wanting to do it. He just knows <laughs> that the wrath of, the wrath <laughs> the wrath of Chris. Is... <laughs> I'm not listening to that crap, you know. <laughs> Okay. So, well, okay. Feeding, uh, feeding like what I, uh, this is, I don't think this was in the video. You talked about some good dog food, but how, yeah. how much are you, let's just say now a full grown dog, he's a year and a half old. I don't know if that's yeah. considered full grown. What do yeah. you, are you yeah. feeding him once a day and how much are you feeding I am. him? I'm a big advocate of once a day and okay. I do it late in the evenings okay. and I normally do it at five or six o'clock. So when you get home from work, that's a perfect time to do it. And if you're going to work that dog in the afternoons, I'd wait till I get done working him and then feed. Okay. But, but here's the deal. A lot of people think they need to feed twice a day and that's, that's neither here nor there, but I've asked all the nutritionists and all the scientists about it. And, and everybody says that when you feed that dog, that that dog's body temperature is going to come up because he's trying to digest and work that food through his system. And if you do that in June, July, August, September in the wrong states, you can literally put that dog's health at risk. Now, you think about it, late in the afternoons, 6 or 7 o'clock at night, whatever, you know, the temperatures are already starting to drop no matter where you live. And so the dogs will have the best chance to, to you know, to suffer through the heat uh, in the, in that, during that time, if you know what I'm saying. Yeah. So what we do here is, is we feed, when we get done in the afternoons, we're completely done working. The last thing we do is feed and air the dogs and, and, uh, and give them, you know, we're feeding, I'm feeding Yukonuba 3020. Uh, it's a performance level dog food. And that's what, what, what brand is now. that? Yukonuba. Yukonuba. How do you spell that? Yukonuba. Uh, I can't even do it. Out, I can't even do it off the of top of my head. I'll have to. Okay, I'll look it up. That's such a crazy it, word. But Yukonuba 3020 is what it is, and I, I'm, I'm sure y'all got it in California. But it's a, it's a great dog food. You know, I fed them all, and and you know, like back in the video days, uh, I fed that uh, that uh, enhanced, and that was yeah, a dog I couldn't food that find I it. Had. Yeah, well, that was the problem. It was, it was a local company. We actually talked them into doing that dog food, and, and we actually talked them into it. And when we did that, uh, they were actually in the catfish food business when I talked them into doing the dog food. Then they got into the dog food business, and that really took off for them. And they were really, they really figured out that the, the, the non-performance level dogs is where the money was. And so they kind of got away from the performance because we were just too picky. We needed too much, we needed too many results and needed it, you know, uh, we needed it, needed it. And we couldn't, we couldn't, what's where I'm looking for? We couldn't have dog food that's fluctuating and going up and down with ingredients and all that. So yeah. we, they ended up doing away the performance. 
Huntsman. I went to Yukonuba, and that's what you know, we feed so many dogs, and all of them are different. And you know, I mean, you may, I'm sure you got friends of yours that can't eat Chinese or can't eat Korean or can't eat barbecue or, or whatever. And, and the situation with us, uh, we're feeding one dog food to everybody, and we're still having great results with 99% of them. Mm. So we, we have to find a dog food that works the best for the most dogs. And so that's what we feed. And then uh, on, on the dogs that, that don't do well on Yukonuba, which is just maybe one or two of them and have a, very sensitive stomachs we feed stuff called royal canine which is made by the same company and they've got some incredible feeds for those special needs dogs you know mm. and we feed about four measuring cups to the average dog here per day and four we feed cups. once a day okay you got four measuring cups now every dog is different on that just like people and as and far so as weight you as far as weight goes you mean yeah, as far as their weight goes. Okay. So if you're feeding your dog, you may only need three cups because, you know, it's all about how much they burn, run around in the backyard or training or working or whatever. You know, and obviously a pheasant dog is going to burn more calories than a retriever is. Uh, you know, you just put on so many more miles. Are and you just so, looking you know, at their body to... structure to tell yeah. if that's Yeah, if, yeah. I can see their, if I can see their, if I can see anything, see their ribs, they're too skinny for me. Mm-hmm. I need a little bit more than that. Matter of fact, I like mine just a little, probably – on the, a little bit on the plump side more than I do on the skinny side. I'm okay. not a bird dog guy. I'm more, I, I like to see a good looking, healthy dog where I don't have to worry about seeing his rib cage. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, let me ask you one last story and we'll wrap it up. Uh, or uh, one last question, I should say. Sorry. Okay. Um, how many, how many years can you get out of a, a duck dog? I mean, on average, you know, I know it's probably, Man, you know, that there again, it, it's all different with the dog. It's like people in genetics. I, I know people that live to, to their hundred years old and seem like their mother did too. And their mother did too. And then, you know, I know families that, you know, every, like in my family, all the men die off in their fifties, you know, so it's genetics it has to do with so much as anything, but a lot of the dogs today are lasting longer than they used to. Used to when they were six, seven years old, they were starting to run out of gas. Well, the genetics has gotten so much better. The performance level has gotten so much better. The dog food's gotten so much better. The healthcare has gotten so much better. Here, I hear all the time dogs hunting at 10, 11 years old, wow. you know, and that's, and that's with people taking care of their dogs and, you know, and, you know, here, most people in the lab world, their dogs live inside now mm-hmm. versus 20, 30 years ago, they didn't. So you think about these dogs when they're doing that, they're not having to fight the mosquitoes, the heat, the cold, you know, any of that kind of stuff. And so their lifestyle is so much better that they just have so much better of a life that they're, they're bound to live longer than that old used to you know used to live out in the backyard and all night long fighting mosquitoes and and you know the heat and the cold and all that so it's just easier on our body you Mm. know so Mm. i mean you can imagine if you and i didn't have air conditioning heat we wouldn't live as long i promise you wow you know so yeah well i appreciate this appreciate so much you chris coming on here it was kind of a quick random like hey can you yeah you can do right now let's go so i appreciate you doing that yeah hopefully you can come back on here yeah, I hope hopefully because I just feel like there was so much more we can cover maybe down the road oh, yeah. in the future we can get. Man, anytime, anytime you need me, just just let me know. I'll be glad to help. Yeah, I appreciate that. So guys, if you're listening, do us a favor. If you like this podcast, like Chris being on here and hearing his wisdom and knowledge, give us a five star and write a review if you don't mind. Uh, appreciate you again, and guys, we'll see you on the next one.